Hi, it's Jack here, uh, just giving you a heads up before the episode. This is one of two going out over the next two weeks where these are being recorded a while ago and they just are now going out. And then after that, we'll get hopefully back into the swing of things. Also a note is that this episode, my audio is particularly bad for numerous, very boring to explain technical reasons. Just apologies for that. But yeah, those heads up. Hi, welcome back to Real Opinions. It's a podcast where we occasionally make sense and mainly ramble. Talk about movies that are like two months old by the time that we record it and like four months old by the time it goes it's out. fashionably late is how I like to describe <laughs> this podcast. It's a fashionably late film podcast where every single week we try to watch the same films and then we don't. <laughs> so we just basically spend, we just explain the other film, the film that we saw to the person that hasn't seen do, it. Do you remember when we started this and it was like, instead of just us reviewing films that the other person hadn't seen we had, had topics and yes if we did, no we had if, a plan at and the if, beginning and if we ever did talk about a film like a concentrated discussion on a singular film that would be when we had both seen it and we would do like a spoiler discussion and now it has just devolved over time from like less focused topics more rambling to eventually just reviews where i explain what happens in films to you <laughs> Yeah, no, it's more, explaining is a rather positive way to look at it. It's mainly just that you kind of, you rant about what stuff you didn't like, and occasionally it falls into chronological order. <laughs> this episode we're going to be discussing, uh, I'm going to be discussing at some point Black Mirror Bandersnatch, which is the new, like, Netflix interactive story, movie, experience, uh, I don't want to call it experience, uh, and you are going to be covering... Aquaboy. It's so much, I like it so much more called Aquaboy. I also saw, I don't know, this is this is like already even more out of date than Aquaman. But I also, I just watched The Ballad of Buster Scruggs yesterday. That was good. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, you we could discuss that for a bit do, as well. Do you want it? Like, I, it's so out of date now. All I was going to say is it's really good and you should actually watch. Like, I, I, I left it so long because I wasn't anticipating it much like I, I, mm. it looked like lesser Coen's but it's not no it did yeah that that's kind of why I was a bit I, I, I again I haven't watched it either mm. but that's just because I see it and I, I don't like anthology films really neither do I and uh, it was the fact that it was originally going to be a TV series that then they adapted into a film it was mm. I know there were a lot of positive reviews but when you get to the kind of state in your career that the Coen's get to everything gets positive reviews mm. unless it's a real uh Lady real... Killers or something like, yeah. <laughs> like real bad. No, it's yeah. it's very good. Um, the thing that surprised me about it was just how different each short was. They mm, totally because like normally that like, you expect that from an anthology when they're made by different filmmakers. But when when you have an anthology that's all made by one person, they tend to be a bit more like consistent and a bit more. Mm cohesive but here it is like six very very different films so like the first one is like cartoonish and wacky and like that's the ballad the, of Buster yeah, Scruggs breaks right the fourth at the very wall yeah. and that one's really fun and it's got some really really good dialogue it's really like it's it, it is one that you would just call fun like it doesn't have much of a, a point or or it's mm. just them like going a bit nuts with crazy ideas but then you have like there's one with um Zoe is what the hell's her name? The one Zoe Kazdan. Yeah, which is like forty minute mini epic. 
and it's oh, okay. actually quite emotional and surprisingly involving in a way that short films often at least i think anthology films can't be sometimes because you just don't have enough time with the characters but also they're designed to a lot of the time i the main way that i know them is from horror anthologies that's true but also that it's very much a budget saving thing mm. of we can make these small selection of short films but we can't make one big budget film so we might as well just dole this out like in little whereas, segments and make them when we can whereas that one felt like not only was it quite long, but it it had like a very broad scope. It was all set at like magic hour out in the Colorado. Mm. It like looked beautiful, and it had like a big battle towards the end. Like it felt expensive, mm. but it was it was quite enga- it was like emotional and dramatically fulfilling in a way that I think a lot of anthologies aren't. But then you had mm. like some that were funny, some that were dark. Some there was one towards the end that gets vaguely supernatural. And they're all they're all good. There's definitely, as with all of these things, like a re- like a hierarchy of quality. But unlike mm. most anthology films, I think I could say that I genuinely liked at least liked all six of them, and a couple okay, of them. Yeah, that's a good basis. Yeah, <laughs> and a couple of them I would go as far as to say I loved. And it just it's one it's a really beautiful looking film. Like I was watching the whole all the way through. I was thinking, why did this premiere on Netflix? Because, like, it has these <laughs> stunning wide shots that just would look amazing, like, on a big screen. And it's it's got, like, a real sense of scale that I didn't expect from an anthology. Like I said, with massive battles and all these, like, on-location uh, sets and, and things like that, where I just thought, this looks so expensive. Why is it straight been dumped on a streaming service? I know it was actually made for netflix it hasn't been dumped there but it still feels like this this ought to have been seen in a cinema and i think it would have been uh an even better experience but as it stands it's very very enjoyable and that it's you know it's quite long but i enjoyed it all the way through and was never bored or wanting it to end my only issue is that some some of them try a little too hard to be vague like they end in very like abrupt ways that feel unsatisfying and i feel like they were kind of going for that a bit like no country for old men when it just sort of ends but it Mm. it it felt like a lot of the time when they ended i did sort of go oh is that oh it's finished oh okay in particular there's like uh, the james franco one where at the end of it i did sort of feel like what what actually was the point right okay so it it didn't feel like it crescendoed properly. Is that like an accurate way of putting it? Yeah, like, oh. I think that's accurate. Whereas a couple of the others don't. Like the the two re- the highlights for me were the I think it was the fourth and fifth ones, which were actually mm. the least comedic. They were quite serious and dark, but they felt like the ones where they had stories they wanted to tell, stories that probably could have been feature length if they wanted to be. Mm. So they had like proper endings, proper characters. And they felt a lot more fulfilling and engaging for that reason. Whereas some of the other ones just feel like, wouldn't it just feel like ideas for shorts? Like they sat down and went, we need another one. That's very much what the the James Franco one felt like to me. Was like, they sat around and went, we need need another one. What happens? (laughs) The music's good too. I I didn't leave thinking like, oh, I can't wait to listen to that soundtrack. But there were Mm. some catchy songs with good lyrics that were clever. And it's 
if you're put off by the idea of it, I know you're not, but like I'm addressing the listeners now. If you're put off by the idea of it being sort of a musical, it's only really the first short that is. I didn't know it was any. There were any musical aspects oh, at all. The the Ballad so. of Buster Scruggs is a musical. Oh, okay. That actually then, makes me want to watch it a bit more. And it's fun. It's funny because it's a musical mm. that's also like really violent. So he's okay. it's it's like quite like. <laughs> cartoonishly violent but like you know people's heads getting splattered and things well I've, i i know the uh the bit that they've got in the trailers where he le- like he leaves a dust cloud behind in his and it's yeah. in the same shape as him and things like that. like cartoony yeah and that was that was the weird thing is that that's the only one that has any element like that the ballad of buster right. scruggs has those cartoony elements and then all of the others are quite grounded and more similar to no country for old men like right, yeah quite dark quite quite like understated so it was weird just to open with the wacky one and then go like now now feel bad now prepare to feel bad i think i would have started watching it already if it was a series Mm. because things with netflix like granted like you said some sections might not feel as worthy of telling Mm. as some other sections but with netflix you don't have to have that i feel like we've talked about this point before but you don't have to have that time restriction on how mm. many minutes long every episode is and you can vary it very much so i mean black mirror is the example that we'll get into mm. later but the idea is with a film like it's so it's a one sitting experience when mm. you get into one of those like sections that you don't really care for as much mm. you're kind of just sat there thinking i wonder if the next one's going to be better Whereas you don't, I don't really find that with episodic content as much. Like that. I'd quite like that, like almost the checkpointing yeah. of it all. No, I understand what I understand what you mean. I, I would say the only thing I would say to that is that at least in this instance, I felt like the longer, the longer um, installments were the better ones. So mm. those moments where I was thinking, when do we get to the next one? They were on the the ones that were a bit more brief, and that mm, felt yeah. almost obligatory. So yeah, I would recommend it if you if you like westerns in particular, like it's it's really satisfying in terms of each one representing a different part of the western genre from like different periods and different themes and different just aspects of like the historical period. And yeah, it's it's, it's very it's very very enjoyable and it was nice to I suppose on one hand it was nice to watch it on Netflix and not have to put up with other people and just sit down and focus on it and like absorb all the clever language and all of the storytelling and stuff like that whereas in a cinema i might be a bit more on edge but it would have been nice to see on a big screen because it is a very pretty film again this is also a thing that i feel like we kind of talked about before but netflix seem to have a, a thing where they make they make things that don't really fit on their platform so i'm thinking (laughs) of when you say like the great cinematography in buster scruggs Mm. like and uh, i'm just thinking of as well as that roma the alfonso Cuarón film is shot on the alexa 65 which is basically the it's not the highest quality camera it isn't like it's not the highest megapixels camera you could get but for cinema quality it is a ridiculous size like it's filming like native 4k and everything and i just think when most people that watch it are going to be watching it on their phones and and i think as well back to we keep bringing it up but open house where it's a netflix film but it's and it's it's made for people streaming on their mm. like their laptops or their tvs and 70 percent of that film was pitch black which well, doesn't that was the work weird on bright. like netflix that was streaming. the weird thing about bright, bright you remember? sorry no it was bright you're because right because it had all the like artifact ironically you could see. titled yeah 
Yeah, because it had all that we- the weird like artifacts you could see. Because if you're like, if your stream quality went down, exactly, and, yeah. and you and it, couldn't it, see anything. Yeah, because it was so dark, and because there were so many like quick shots with motion blur, and obviously because when you're cutting like for these kind of signals, like every single pixel on the screen is changing, mm. so that's even more information. So when you're rapidly cutting, your signal cannot keep up with it. Mm. And so this this film that's already jarring just in its construction anyway <laughs> is, is just even more jarring by the nature of the service that you're providing. And the reason why I wanted to like bring that up as well is that because leading into my topic of the film, mm. which is Black Mirror Bandersnatch, which is their the latest, they call it like an event, but it's effectively just a one-off for Black Mirror. It's set in 1980s England and he's a developer, a video game developer. He's found, he's taken this like classic choose your own adventure book called Bandersnatch, uh, where the creator kind of went crazy while writing it and okay. killing and uh, decapitating his wife. And now he's picked up this book and thought, this is incredible. This is great for a video game. And he's adapting it. And as he's adapting it, it's kind of following a very similar spiral into madness. And, I don't know if you've seen the way that you can kind of choose options in the film. And I, I, I know the, the basic premise, but no, I have not seen how it works. I have not seen the mechanics uh, of it. So the example that everyone seems to kind of spout off is like right at the very beginning, like you, you go down for breakfast and your dad says like, what do you want? And he hands up like he's got Cheerios and Frosties and a little black bar underneath comes up and on the left is Frosties on the right is Cheerios. And then like a progress bar kind of, uh, Oh, it's like Telltale. Comes down and, it's like Telltale games, yeah, but yeah. there's only ever two. And you get, uh, and it kind of narrows down like both ways. Like it, it shrinks mm. down to the center of the frame. Uh, and you only get about five seconds. Like it is quite a tight time. Mm. And if you don't do that, then it just picks for you. Like Telltale. Like Telltale, yeah. And that, that's the basic premise. And so you can kind of just go, it's again, it's a choose your own adventure film. Black Mirror, it, it's got a real change in quality per episode mm. per seasons like mm. you can really end up with some duds with black mirror yeah definitely i mean and i'm a fan of some of its like i think it has some great episodes and some great short films within that but that doesn't mean that i go into everyone thinking it's going to be great no like there's always at least one or two per season where you just think that was rubbish i, and... I would actually say that it's Especially in the later seasons, the the quality is more mostly meh, and then a couple of standouts. Yeah, no, I have to agree. Actually, yeah, I think that with the when it jumped the six episode per season mm. uh, change, it, not necessarily the Netflix change, but with that jump has definitely come with a degrade in the overall quality of the seasons of episodes. I loved the Star Trek one; that was great. Mm. Like it, yeah, and again, it has these, but then it's immediately followed by the one with Jody, where Jodie mm. Foster directed it. And that one was just terrible. Yeah. And it was just, uh, and it kind of like, it, it feels like with the Buster Scruggs thing where you kind of get to it and you go, what was the point? Mm. Like, it, like you kind of, it had like a concept to it. But um, that's kind of how I feel with the Bandersnatch one in that it feels like, like they've definitely, they've done a lot of clever things where obviously they are making it, uh, the guys making a choose your own adventure game. And it is also a choose your own adventure game. Like mm-hmm. they're obviously trying to make a lot of kind of clever parallels between that. But besides that basic like very simple parallel there's actually and beside and like maybe a few of the kind of narrative arcs that you can take him down it's it's you're kind of left at the end thinking great what was i meant to get out of that because it's not like, that original like i know that there are 
technically everything that's done it before has sort of loosely been a video game, but there are even live action ones. There are even well, live FMV, action video games. Full motion video games is the yeah. is the, like the subgenre of it, and it was kind of like uh, it was kind of considered like a tacky genre, like in the nineties mm. and early two mm. thousands, where you could. Uh, you could get like a lot of, I suppose, horror games were main. It was mainly horror, mm, I think. Yeah, it was. Kind of, it was. Or murder mystery, or that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a completely original, but it's, I mean, it's original within Netflix as long as sure. you don't count uh, the children series Puss in Boots. Why does but, that do uh, it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the second one to do it. People just don't really, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's that, but it's because it's the one that adults actually watch that they right. consider it the first one. Like for the most part, it feels like just an one of these ones where it's just a meh episode mm. throughout. Uh, the thing that I liked the most were all the 1980s references, not just purely for the sake of nostalgia, but because there were you could tell that there was some genuine affection behind a lot of the choices. There's lots of references within the series, within the show, to classic video games of that era. Right. And that's the kind of stuff that I liked. And especially later on, they get into more of the kind of meta choose your own adventure game jokes and style. And that made it was like it had a few moments where I, I laughed because it was very fourth wall breaking and mm. very uh, like there were there were some like fun storylines that you can go down, but a majority of the time you just ended up uh, picking ones where it just kind of left you like it was a air quotes ending, but it just felt very unsatisfying. Like a failure, and then it's it more like a fail state than an ending. Yeah. They try to tie this into the actual story of the character, but it just feels kind of you just it means that you just make a lot of unsatisfying choices throughout, mm. and then it will show you like a rewind animation, and it will go back, and then you've got to watch through like it's almost like fast forward, but it gets you back up to the point where you were, and we, I didn't even realize that you could see credits for it. You get credits after you've seen all five main endings, and I stopped before then mm. because I, I I just assumed I'd gotten everything. It was just the case of I kept going back and looping and looping back to the same point over and over again where I just kind of thought, oh, okay, I've done everything. I'll just stop watching. And no, I, it, I... it felt unsatisfying in that sense. And a lot of the storylines that you can kind of end up with, you kind of think, oh, was that because I think there are five main endings, mm -hmm. but I only know that because I've read it. Like I didn't feel like I ever got a proper ending out of any right. of the ones that I saw. Like I couldn't list how many of the five I saw because I don't know which ones classes proper endings or which ones were dead ends. But yeah, overall it was just, it was like, it had some fun moments. It has a lot of uh, like where the fourth wall breaking and the bits where it kind of talks about free will very basically, but it doesn't really delve into any of the stuff that really makes Black Mirror the great episodes really great and it just kind of peters out near the end unless you really want to like you have a really completionist attitude about it which yeah. i normally am with like video games but when i have to like i was watching it with my family and you can't you can't really just say oh do you want to try another arc they kind of with your family they just kind of think like no we've seen it yeah. can we go on and do something else you can't you don't really want to sit through five minutes of what you've already watched just so you can maybe get another option or you might end up watching the same thing that you've already seen again and have to rewind again and everything is it easy enough to like say, say if you wanted to put it on again now and yeah. uh get one of those endings that you didn't get is it easy enough to like blitz through it or would you be committing to like a, a lengthy from period of time from what i've read it 
that apparently the shortest possible route that you can do is 45 minutes. Like the oh. shortest route to an ending. You'd have to watch a lot of the same stuff that you've already seen. So it would be effectively like watching the same show again straight after you've watched it. And there's no way to yeah. just like sort of skip sections like to get to your next no. choice. Or, uh... No, exactly. No. And mm. also there's not... Um, I wouldn't say like... I would have to look at a guide if I wanted to see an ending mm. that I particularly wanted to. Like uh, I could... Like I could... Like I said, I kind of stopped because I kind of thought I'd gotten all the or good endings. You could just YouTube the ending, which I have. Right there, you go. <laughs> and that, but that's the thing is that I watched the YouTube for some of the endings, but then I didn't get the same satisfaction because I didn't find them. Mm. And like, I know that it could kind of come back on me for not putting more effort in. But if you haven't found something in a video game, like it's not mm. on your fault, really. I suppose. Like if I don't spend fifty hours on Red Dead, it's mm. not my fault if I didn't find something. I just didn't get the enjoyment out of it from that. Um, especially when you got to like, it's not interactive all the time. Yeah, and, the the uh, fact that the fact that you just said that you would have to rewatch all the stuff you'd already seen was a major turn off. Because even because video games don't make you do that. Like you can in a Telltale no. game, you can skip through the stuff that you've already done if you wanted exactly. to. Yeah. And also, it was the case of uh, where I'd finish again. There's a like some people could argue that I'm just quote unquote like not getting it because mm. there's a lot of it goes into like comments on free will and things like that. And I get that, but it feels very much like uh, trying to explain away the faults of the very thing yeah. that you're doing. Because I I went down like there is one. Uh, I'm not really spoiling anything. Like there's a route where someone asks you a question, like, "Do you want to talk about this thing?" Mm. And it's like a yes or a no. And I chose no because it felt like that's what the character wanted. Like the character didn't want to talk about it. So I went with that, even though it's more like I kind of thought, oh, I do want to find out more of the backstory. But if this is how the character's acting, then I'll do that. And I went along with that route and then it ended up with like several dead ends. And then it rewound back to where that person asked, do you want to talk about it? And then it only gave me the one option to say yes. Oh. And it was the kind of thing where, like, I can get that it's a, it's commentary on yeah again free will everything blah blah blah. But at the point where I think that that's very good to make that point until it gets to the until it makes it an unsatisfying experience for the viewer itself, and when it makes it feel like your choices aren't <coughs> like there are stupid choices within it, kind of like the Bioshock Infinite thing. Like, I was going to say this can... sounds like Bioshock Infinite, but the difference was that Bioshock Infinite never presented me with choices that felt that meaningful. They were always exactly. just like flipping a coin. Like I'm fine with I'm fine with non-meaningful choices. Like for instance, there are several times where you can pick the music mm. that he listens to, and then that music is then the score for mm. the next couple scenes because you've picked it. Which Telltale like did with their Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, oh, okay, which was I really didn't cool. know that. That was one of the most. Yeah, that was the, one of the best parts of that. Was like. Picking the awesome mix. Exactly. Like you actually, and that's the kind of like meat, like, and the, like I said at the beginning, like you can pick the cereal. And like, depending on what cereal you pick later on, there'll be like an advert on TV and it'll right. be the same cereal that you picked. Like that kind of thing that you, you'd have to pay attention for. But I'm fine with like meaningless choices because you're just giving me, like, you're just showing me how the mechanism works as well as like it's just a kind of fun thing to get you into it and keep you, make sure that you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. But when it, you present me with a meaningful choice, and then uh, kind of like scratch that back and say like, yeah, but you haven't done that properly. It kind of just makes me feel like, yeah, like I don't want to keep, I don't want to go along. It's like um, 
when you're playing a game with someone when you're a kid and you're like, I shoot you. And they're like, no, I'm not dead. I don't want to be dead. Like, yeah. I want to be alive still. And you're like, okay, so we're just changing the rules to however you want me to play your game. It doesn't make it, I don't know. That's like the JK Rowling approach to screenwriting. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Basically, it's like, do you, uh, do you want Nagini to be a woman? Like, no. <laughs> and then you go along that for a bit and then it's like, but, but Nagini's a woman now. <laughs> Nagini's this woman that was trapped in a snake body and you're like, where's the no option on this? <laughs> That was that was the problem with Grindelwald. Everyone thought it was a proper film, but it was actually a choose-your-own-adventure thing. Exactly. But they You've forgot to. The wrong but they forgot to upload the like the the choices, and so we just got on the worst playthrough to the bad ending. No, what you got was the entire like tree. It's just yeah. all of the options, which is why it feels so messy. Right? Do you want to? Uh, Go on to your... What okay. your one? Oh, Aquaman. Aquaboy. Whatever we're calling it. So... Batman. <laughs> um, the thing with this film is, I when before I saw it, I saw quite a lot of tweets and quite a lot of reviews where I could not tell if people were taking the piss or not. I don't know if you saw this, but like where people were yeah, saying, I, it's, I it's so thing. ridiculous and amazing. And I was like, is this like Nicolas Cage amazing or genuine like are you i couldn't tell if people were making fun of the film or if they seriously meant that it was good because they would talk about how like it's got people riding seahorses and octopuses playing drums it's so great and i was like is it though yeah and it was also combined i think for me with like again i I have not seen it yet but the, the the um the whole thing of when like Wonder Woman came out and mm. that got really great reviews at the time. Mm. And um And it was mediocre. I mean, people would still back that up now probably, but no one's calling it this great masterpiece mm. anymore. Like people were saying how like how brilliant it was then and they've quietened down now. And I kind of thought, oh, maybe it's just because it's not bad. Yeah, th- that was that was the other thing I was wondering is like, is this good or is this or is this good is enough? It an inside joke or is it just okay that was the two options that i had in my head of why is it getting so many reviews i think it's a combination of the two Mm. it's watchable and it was entertaining and i was like when i was watching it i was having a good time but part of the problem is since i have seen into the spider-verse and that just really highlighted how bad this was in a lot of respects because the the parts of it that are fun are I want to say tongue-in-cheek, but the thing is, I don't think this film is tongue-in-cheek. I think people are appreciating it, ironically, but for the most part, it takes itself completely... plays it completely straight with all of these ludicrous (laughs) things. Like, yes, there are sharks with laser beams. Yes, there are, like, dinosaurs and all these, like, crazy things. But I don't think... The the film never pokes fun at it or has jokes. It, it, It takes it quite seriously. Um... And that's but the 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 sort of like ludicrous over the top stuff is fun, and some of the visuals are quite honestly and not ironically and not being snarky. Some of the visuals are very impressive. There's like a really great bit where they're like diving underwater, being chased by these Lovecraftian creatures, and it's. I this- was going to say I I know there's the one sh- like I did genuinely think that because there was um. 
there was that one shot from the trailer where it's him swimming up and it's kind of like the, the cross section with him in the ocean and it's a storm at the same time mm. and he's swimming up and it's the thing where I know that James Wan can do some really interesting like shots. Yes. Like this, it, they, it they're kind of, it's one of those things where it's really interesting and it's kind of fun. But it's not. It's not one of these things where you say like it amazing. Sell a film like, to you. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not one yeah. of these things that will go in like a it's, cinematography like best shot of it, the year. But it's really no, it's interesting. like interesting quirky stuff. Um, exactly. Yeah. But stuff that keeps you entertained. And and like there are there are moments in like Atlantis where it looks like slightly worse Avatar, but it's it's like visually impressive, and you go like, oh, okay, someone's put effort in here, like to the world yeah. design and stuff like that. So all of that stuff is good, but on the other hand, there's quite a lot of really, really, really cheesy, bad stuff that I think some people have gone, it's great because it's cheesy, but mm-hmm. no. Like, mm. like just, just things like there's the, oh, the horrible, like, prequel-esque romance, the sort of love interest subplot between him and Amber Heard is Anakin and Padme levels of, like, awkward oh, and wooden. Heard. Yes, and they have like zero chemistry to a, a near embarrassing extent where it does make you think that at some point he's going to start talking about his distaste for sand. <laughs> then you've got like the, the villain who is, I get what they're going for with like over the top pantomime villain, but it was just too cartoony, too naff, too the whole thing right. just. And then there's there's just the whole thing where it feels like people are excusing its badness. By saying, like, it's a bit like Flash Gordon, which I know I said to you. Yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> um, and when watching it, I did sort of feel like, yeah, it's fun. But in hindsight, I just think, yeah, but it could have been fun without being stupid. It didn't have to be mm. it didn't have to be badly written and mostly badly acted <laughs> to to be fun. <laughs> like it could have been well acted and well written with with better characters and still have been fun. It doesn't people act like those things are mutually exclusive and you have to be like dumb to be entertaining. Yeah. I don't know, I'm kind of torn on it because it is entertaining and it probably is my favorite of the DCU movies just because mm. it had visual style, visual flair, and moments of like invention and creativity. And it was also just the most relentlessly paced. It's like another action scene every five minutes, which gets a bit exhausting, but the action sequences are gen- the best parts by far. And I assume it's structured, it's kind of akin to Wonder Woman, in that it has a structure. Uh, no. <laughs> I was gonna, well, as soon as you say, I assume it's structured, I was just going to cut in with, no, <laughs> you okay. are wrong in your Good. assumption. It feels like nine scripts thrown together because it feels like the point of the movie keeps changing. Because at first it's about him coming, okay. like convincing him to come back to Atlantis and like reclaim the throne. But that's sort mm. of like rushed through. Then it's like, oh, actually, we're going on a national treasure style globe hunting mission. But then that's quickly resolved. And then it, then they go on some like horror thing to this weird creature feature world. But along, okay. the, along the same time, there's like political intrigue in Atlantis. And it's just like stuff everywhere. Right. And every right. like major plot element is resolved like within about five minutes of it being introduced. So I would say, no, it's not really structured. It's just a load of ideas sort of... <laughs> stuck together but it's, mm. it is enjoyable mainly because of the again the visual style and just the 
higher quality of the action sequences. Some of them are practical effect-led, which was nice. Um, the ones that can be. Okay. You know, where it's you like Aquaman like fighting... Like, no, when it's like Aquaman fighting men. And it's like just good old-fashioned oh, like, fight choreography. punching and kicking. But like good punching and kicking. Well done, punching and kicking. <laughs> a nice punch and a nice kick. Yeah. 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 And then you have the the bigger sort of CGI stuff with the creatures, which is again well done enough to get past the fact that it is just one another instance of you just looking at a screen where nothing is real. <laughs> like everything is mm. just animated. There are just things as well where it looks the film is I do someone making the film must surely have known that it was ridiculous. But I don't really get a sense that the film the film never has like any nudge nudge wink wink jokes. Like if it was a Marvel movie, oh okay, because no, I was definitely mentioned to believe that. that it would have more stuff like that. It has comedy, but the comedy mm. is not at the expense. It's not like in a Marvel one where they would make a joke about like how someone looks like something from pop culture, or they'd you know they mm-hmm, would like mm-hmm. you know yeah, where they would like you mean every joke <laughs> where they would like actively poke fun at the premise in aquaman the jokes yeah. are bad rom-com jokes but no one's making a joke about like how silly it is that Dolph Lundgren's riding on a on a right. seahorse oh okay so that's what i kind of get more for the like the flash gordon thing where it mm. becomes more like they had cheesy jokes in flash gordon but it wasn't because they were flash gordon because it wasn't an established thing yet at the point they kind of do the superhero movie thing now where in the Marvel ones, they're poking fun at the fact that they are a superhero film. Yeah. And also they're a blockbuster. So they like, they reference other blockbusters and they reference other, like just pop culture. Cause it's so not, not cannibalistic. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of, it's turning in on itself. Mm. Like it's becoming, it's pop culture about pop culture about pop culture. Yeah. And you don't have that. Someone references Pinocchio at one point. And that's not really for a joke. That's for a, a okay. serious romantic moment. Um, but they don't. <laughs> sorry, sorry, what? <laughs> oh, the soundtrack. The soundtrack is. Uh, I think the only word you could use is demented. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's got... I've listened to. I've listened to the Pitbull song. So you got too that. many times. You've got the Pitbull song, Blade Runner style score, but sometimes it's orchestral, but sometimes it's doing what? like rom com. It, it has this bit where the rom com music comes in, and it's going like. While they're bickering, like like <laughs> something that like you wouldn't you'd expect in an eighties movie, like not in a mm. modern film. Yeah. And then as for the songs, you've got Depeche Mode, Roy Orbison, <laughs> Pitbull, and like uh, is it Sigur Ross or whatever they call like, it? Yeah. It's like mental. It's just wait, the- got, why have you got Sigur Ross in there? So wait, is that like a really like? Uh- like really ethereal kind of like no, it's in a happy moment. Epic moment. No, it's in oh, a happy right. moment. And the the Depeche great. Mode is played to the villains like getting a different costume montage. Oh, that's great. Besides watching it in like a packed cinema when it first came out, I think the best next best way to watch it is like with friends and drink at yes. home. <laughs> but like yeah. I've listened to so many reviews where people have they've been talking about how much they loved it and they've been praising it, but I've always felt like. Are you taking the piss? Because like there's a there was one where I was they were talking about how much they loved that they committed to them always swimming. Because there's a bit where like the bad guy tells someone to be apprehended and then he does like a dramatic backstroke away and it looks ridiculous. And they were talking <laughs> right. about how they loved the like commitment to that, and I was thinking, Are you are you making yeah. fun of the film? 
I can't tell. <laughs> so overall, so overall, I would it's, like. It's still the best one of the lot. It's the most. It's certainly the most watchable. Um, and I think I would broadly recommend it, but I would say that I do think it is bad. Like some people have said that it's not bad and that it's self-aware, but people, it's this thing we've talked about before where self-aware is now just being used to justify anything being shit. Um, yeah, no, it's not. It's it's not the cabin in the woods it's, is self aware. It's not that the film. Yeah, it's <laughs> the not that the film is self aware. It's just that you're self aware. Yeah, <laughs> and you're self aware. You're watching crap, and you're like, "Well, I know it's crap." S- and they Scream don't to, is self aware. They don't seem to care that it's crap, so therefore they must know. Yeah, it definitely feels like the type of film a Fast and Furious fan would enjoy. Like the first time Aquaman appears, he like comes in like shirtless. The camera like looks at his his abs, and it plays this awful guitar score that goes like "Jenny," <laughs> and it, yeah, it looks, like, could, it, it, it looks like it should be for a, a Budweiser advert. The moment you said it, I could already can already perfectly hear it already. I could I can just imagine that shot already. <laughs> That's how perfectly it's how easily it is to visualize that moment. I would say you should watch it, but like if you think that it's genuinely good, then you are lying to yourself. By the definition of self-aware used for like those films, I would argue that if anything, like Justice League and Batman vs Superman were more self-aware because mm-hmm. they were aware that they were trying to set up a franchise with every single moment, and so they were <laughs> trying to be something else. Like mm. every single other scene, like. That um, scene where he's opening emails and it's just different people's logos. I'd say that's very self-aware because they're they're very aware that we need to be doing something else that's not the film. Like we need to be building something outside of this film. Whereas, um, and that's kind of what I take the self-aware for, is that it's like taking a step back and it's not just focusing on this one thing that you're trying to make at the moment. To me, self-aware is like... Something that actively subverts what you think it's going to be or points out what it is. It's yes. not just something yeah. that is ridiculous. I would like go some... so far to say is that's the actual definition of self-aware. Which is yeah. I'm, I'm saying that by their twisted definition of self-aware, I think Batman versus Superman and all that fits more into that concept of like just no, just being okay with what it is. Like, that's not self-aware. That's just acceptance. <laughs> yeah, but look, like, if you want to watch dumb, action-heavy schlock, it's yeah. pretty good at being that. But if you really want to see an, a superhero film that is honestly more entertaining and just better, just go see Into the Spider-Verse, because it's, yeah. it's, it's just as the... fun and it was, it's good. <laughs> Har- I, I've, I've deliberately said to Harrison that we can't talk about it because I, st- I still want to see it and I want to put out... Uh, to be honest, if I see it this week and we have time to record some evening, then I might just record that and put that out first and then put this one out second. Yeah. <laughs> because I'd rather get the Spider-Man one out first. So this may come before or after. But yeah, we're saving that, I think, for a separate one because I'd like that to be a film where we actually talk back and forth about it because I am genuinely... Because the, and there's a lot it. to talk about. Stay for the post-credits. Yeah. It's okay. a good one. Is there... There's, there's just the one. Yeah, but it's post credits. It's it's the end. Oh, like end end. It's alright. The credits aren't actually as long as I expected. They're not as long as like a Marvel movies ones. Because they just it's just animated, so they just go whoosh like through the. (laughs) No one cares about these guys. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. 
one other thing that we have kind of coming up, this may be coming out soon, is Harrison. We talked about it in a previous episode, but Harrison, uh, one of your favourite films of the year, or the favourite film of the year, was American Animals, and you got the mm. chance to t- chat to the director. Yeah, it's like a 30-minute conversation. It's, it's quite spoiler-heavy, so it is, it's because it's for the film's home release. So it is right. more an interview for people who have seen the film rather than just a promotional like thing to get a flavour for what it's like. It is like going in to plot specifics and about specific creative decisions but it's good and it's got i think he gives like quite a lot of insightful information into why they did certain things we talk about the writing process how you write something that's also a documentary and has to like interact with unpredictable real world footage so it's it's uh it's one for it's it's a more technical like in-depth interview than just a Tell us about the film and what inspired you, type thing. Yeah, well, because like you said, that's just that kind of comes with like the length of the interview as well as the fact that like you're actually genuinely interested in the film, and the yeah. you get so long to properly talk it out. It's quite nice to get that, and it's. I think this is the first interview like going up on Real Opinions that isn't that I wasn't involved with, and also I'm really just glad that it sounds like it's a really interesting one to listen to. Like it's something that I genuinely be looking out for anyway regardless of whether or not we did it so well, thank you all right yeah and that should be coming out that'll probably be like a bonus separate one if you want to reach out we've got uh podcasts uh, like everything we've got reviews that are going out on the youtube channel we've got this podcast we've got a second podcast that we will record at some point in the future called backstreet scripts where that's like uh we every episode we look at like a script from hollywood that's either been like severely changed since it was made or it just never got made that's really fun and I'd like to do more in the future. And yeah, you can kind of reach out to us on social media and email at realopinions uh, with a Z at gmail.com. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. And I'm going to give Harrison five seconds so he can think of a way to say goodbye for once. And goodbye. Adios. You're channeling Pitbull. <laughs> yeah, just say some, some things in Spanish. You should just go woo. I should have done woo.